Welcome to Full Spirals, a podcast about how life can take you for a spin, but still leave you grounded. Stories of hope and healing through the arts and the absolute deliciousness of being human. I'm your host, Stacey Parrish. So you guys, last week, I did a thing. And for me, it was a big thing. So I started listening to the Moth Story Hour when I was in my 20s, and I have always wanted to stand on the Moth stage and tell a story. Well, that's the thing I did. Yeah, I attended my first Moth Story Slam in Madison and had my name chosen out of the hat to tell a story. And although I didn't win the night, I did come in second. And even more importantly, I left there feeling like a changed woman. I had ticked a box on my bucket list and I felt uplifted and seen and validated and somehow complete. And I was once again reminded of the value of storytelling. The process is cathartic and empowering all at once for the teller and for the receivers. There's just something about being witnessed. And there's something about the connection that happens when we share in a true story. There's a quote in a book I'm reading right now, How to Tell a Story, that says, story is what happens when expectations meet reality. When expectations meet reality. Well, this month we are hearing someone else's story, the story of children's book author Kate Miller, an artist and writer who overcame obstacles both inside and out. It's about the healing power of writing and how sometimes the people who happen across our paths and inspire us the most aren't always the two-legged kind. So Kate and I met during one of the create-alongs I host on Facebook monthly, and I instantly knew that she was a kindred spirit. She was in the beginning stages of writing a story that she was calling McWeenies, which was about a pair of vegans who fall in love at a meat market. Her sense of humor struck me immediately, and her passion for her craft was contagious. She's launching her second book, From Wags to Riches, this month, which is the story of a dog who escapes from a puppy mill and eventually frees all of the other dogs. So Kate's personal story isn't all that different from her protagonist, Wags. Kate, too, is tiny and fiery, and just like her dog, Sushi, who inspired the character Wags, Kate is on a mission. She's on a mission to share the story of how her bipolar condition hasn't stopped her from following her heart, and one of freeing others from the shame and stigma that's steeped in our culture. We began our conversation talking about the homes we grew up in, and she told me about her mother's mental health diagnosis of bipolar and shared some of the ways that she was impacted by it, including spending quite a bit of time on her own. Although her mom's inability to connect often made her feel lonely and unseen, they did bond over books. That was very important. She was impressed by the fact that I could pick up on the humor in Christopher Robin from a very early age. And that validation felt really good to her. It's one place that she really felt that with her mom. With her humor, she felt seen. So her life as a budding writer began in the neighborhood. My friend Jean and I put on puppet shows in the street out front of her house. I wrote the scripts and we charged 10 cents to a tip. I mean, that's pretty great, right? We made 30 cents. Okay, so noted, but... 
It was a creative pursuit, and she dabbled in many others, but none of them quite stuck like writing did. The common theme that I can so relate to is she was always looking outside of herself for the validation that she wanted to find that her work mattered and that sticking with it mattered. She tells me that she was the first female sports editor of her high school newspaper, which was big deal in 1969. But nobody said I was any good at it, so I didn't know, and I didn't know to pursue it. Otherwise, I would have. She did keep writing, though, and after finishing the manuscript for what ended up being her first book, she reached out to an acquaintance to see if he'd be willing to do some illustrations to go along with her text. He declined, saying the illustrations would take more time and effort than her manuscript had, the implication being that her manuscript wasn't worthy of his time. So I was very discouraged by that, and I put it away because I thought, well, my work isn't valid. He was a professor of art, and I thought his opinion was more important than mine. But Kate loved her idea and never completely let it go. Kate holds up a copy of her first published book, the same story that she stuck with, the same manuscript that she had asked that acquaintance to illustrate for her decades earlier. It's called Everything You Say About Me That's Wonderful Is True. Amazing title, right? Aren't we all just so glad she never gave up? But it gets even better because it's a picture book of 26 alphabetical poems about positive qualities told from a dog's perspective. Then she throws in this little nugget. I'm writing dog-centric books. Dog-centric books. I ask her, did you make that up? And she did. She coined the phrase, basically, single-handedly creating a whole new genre. So I ask her about that. Why dogs? That's been another theme in my life is dogs. I wanted one from the time I was born and lobbied my parents heavily for a dog. And she did get one, but that wasn't the only dog from her childhood. There's another theme that emerged as we talked. Rescue dogs have been a theme in my life. Friends of our family needed to rehome a dog who had been severely abused. So I've been used to having rescue dogs all my life. She goes on to tell me why she believes that she's chosen dogs as protagonists and narrators. And she says it's because dogs have been so elemental in her life. When she was a kid, her family had difficulty communicating, but they could always talk about the dogs. And she says she also saw early on how dogs affect people's moods. Their rescue dog, Susie, attached herself to her mom, who also had bipolar illness. And she says Susie was her best medicine. That was also a time when psychiatric medicines hadn't really been developed much. And when Kate was a toddler, her mom had been told that there was no hope for her by a psychiatrist. She never sought treatment thereafter, even once treatments became available. But Susie helped her mother heal. And dogs became a lifelong passion for Kate. So dog-centric books it is. Which brings us to how she finally became a published author. In my late 60s, I heard about a workshop given by a publisher called Orange Hat Publishing in Waukesha. And I went on their website. I didn't know anything about them, but I saw one thing that occurred to me, which was that they were accepting manuscripts. And I had one manuscript completed. Enter, everything you say about me that's wonderful is true. So they picked it up. After 60 years, she finally got the validation she needed for the project she cared most about. And with that validation, then I went back 
And I had this little sketch of an idea about a dog who escapes from a puppy mill and eventually frees all the other dogs. Uh, she was inspired by all of my Yorkies, but in particular, my dog, Sushi, who was three pounds. She was another rescue dog, and that was her size. She was three pounds, huge personality. Huge personality. Hmm. Does that sound like anyone we know? So Catherine is a champion for dogs and for the bipolar community, saying... It is one of my missions. I've always wanted to talk about living with bipolar because I think people tend to think of us as what they see on TV. Out of control people running, slashing, screaming, and... When you think of it, 18% of people in the United States have a mental health diagnosis. Most of us live a normal life like I do. We go about our business. We're law-abiding. Boring. So nobody wants to write our story because we're boring. Naturally, you want to write the story of the person who's over the top because that's interesting. So Kate's very intentional about pointing out that bipolar diagnosis is not the stop sign that the media might have us believe. And she's also very intentional about having her books themselves be fully inclusive, not just with mental health diagnosis, but also... My books are LGBTQ+. Friendly. Kate mentions that she's going to be reading from both of her books at Family Equalities Family Week celebration in Provincetown, Massachusetts this coming July. Because there's one more thing Kate's done with the confidence she's gained through publishing. She empowers and represents within the pages of all of her books. I incorporate gay characters. In fact, the sheriff and his husband are the people who go after and arrest the animal abusers, the owners of the puppy mill. So stories and storytelling, they transform us. And Brene Brown puts it best when she says, when we deny the story, it defines us. When we own the story, we can write a brave new ending. And that's just what Kate Miller has done. Through writing and storytelling, she's transcended the limitations that she used to feel. And now she uses her voice to elevate and empower others. Her books are available at orangehatpublishing.com, or you can attend one of her events that I've listed at fullspirals.com. As we prepare to tell more stories in our second season of Full Spirals, we're going to take a brief summer hiatus so that we can get our shit together, basically. But we'll be back in September with more new episodes of Full Spirals. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to subscribe to Full Spirals on your fave podcasting platform. Support us on Anchor, join us on Facebook, then share Full Spirals with your friends, your fam, the community, because we're all in this together. Till next time, take care.